Hi, friends, and welcome to All Things Relatable, a place where stories are shared. It's hard to put a value on a story because the lasting effects it can have are often priceless. An individual's story has the potential to impact our lives in tremendous ways. My hope for you in joining me today is that this episode resonates with you and that you leave enlightened, ignited, and inspired because it only takes one moment to spark a change and leave an everlasting effect. I met my next guest, Jonah, not too long ago when we were both on cloud nine, vibrating at the highest level, standing in the streets of LA after experiencing Kathy Heller's two-day live event. The magic that was swirling in the air was palpable. Jonah and I ended up chatting a few minutes and somehow I was lucky enough to be gifted with a draft of her book about Ruby the Rubber Band. When I got back home, I read it to my son and then I brought it to school and read it to my class. And the most beautiful conversations emerged. And the one that specifically stands out was when I asked the question, what do you think the author's message was? And this one boy said, the author's message was that you can be too nice. And it really hit me. We teach our kids to be nice, to always be kind, when in fact, it is possible to be too nice. That when we forgo ourselves by abandoning our boundaries and not honoring what feels good to us, that is being too nice. So you're going to want to get yourself a copy of what I'm sure is going to be a bestseller, Ruby, the rubber band. So back to the magic that was in the air during that Kathy Heller event. During the event, Jonah witnessed Talkdees, another woman speaking about oneness. And it was through Talkdees' message that ended up being the inspiration for Jonah's next book. All the downloads came flooding in from this book. And before she knew it, Jonah had written another book that ended up actually being the first one published called A Great Lakes Tale, Superior Learns She's Part of the Flow. So I can't wait to dive into Jonah's story and hear all about the journey that led her to that event that we met through and becoming the author that she is today and everything else in between. So Jonah, I am so, so, so happy and excited to be sitting across from you today because there is so much that I just want to dive into with you. Thank you. I am so excited to talk to you, Candice. Um, and it's, it's Jonna, your close. <laughs> um, so like Donna with a J. So I I'm used to it, but like just FYI. Um, so, <laughs> but uh, how maybe- many times did I say that? Jonah, Jonna. Okay. It's okay. Jo- like Donna with a J that's just kind of like how I, I remind people of it. Um, but I'm used to, I answer to all kinds of, yeah, it's been like, um, my whole life, it's been kind of like that, but anyway, it was so crazy meeting you really the last few minutes. I was actually waiting. We had just come out, I think of the event and we were all, I think just on a, like a natural, just high from that event. And, um, I was waiting on an Uber and just ended up meeting you and Tal and, uh, (laughs) we ended up connecting and I gave you a copy of the draft of the book. And, um, and I have to say your support and encouragement and just even sending me some messages in between, because as I went back to, um, left LA, went back to Indiana, um, it was, you know, I still had to do some editing formatting. Um, and so getting some messages from you just about the impact that, um, 
it had on your class and on, you know, even on, I think you said your teaching assistant, it was just so powerful and encouraging to me to keep going the course. Um, what ended up happening from there was I ended up having some like technical roadblocks with Ruby, the rubber band, um, some things were out of my hands. And then I was like, you know what, this is actually, I'm not going to fight the resistance. I'm going to do this other idea, which I actually got the day I flew home. Um, it was inspired by Takti's, our mutual friends. And one of the speakers at the very end at the conference, um, and I really, the very next morning, um, I had a breathwork session scheduled with my friend Alicia, um, and ended up really getting inspired to write the Lake Superior book. And it's about superiority and just about kind of our inner dependence on each other. This lake thinks she's the best lake, um, and realizes through a series of events that, um, she's actually part of a bigger collective. And that's really not a message I got growing up. I thought it was really powerful. And it was so funny the way it came together. It really wasn't, it came together so fast. It was, I can't really explain it because I did it faster than I did my Ruby book, which I've been working on since August. Um, That came together in a matter of weeks, which I realize sounds it's just not the, really the way it works, but with this, it was just the right timing. Um, I got to work on that and I was like, I put it out there pretty quickly. I sent, um, some copies out to, um, some of the people who inspired me and, um, yeah, so that was kind of not what I had planned, but I allowed it to kind of come in. And I think that's sometimes what happens. It just worked out. I don't know what to say. About yes. That. Isn't that it? It's like, we can have these plans, which I think are great to have, right? Like yeah. this, this plan or these, um, these things that you want to call in kind of like the direction of the path, you know, to have some clarity on that. But then yeah. within that, it's like all of the other unexpected stuff that comes in that you're just like, oh my gosh, I could have never dreamed this to be at an event and hear this woman speak and have the downloads and the inspiration and everything just drop in and it flow. Because like you said, Ruby was your first book that you'd been working on and, um, releasing that resistance with all the kinks and stuff, not being the first book published. And this other book actually was the first one that was put out into the world in such a short period of time. Totally. And, and I will say even when I, as I was listening to Tati's message and I just love her heart for, um, she was talking about how we're really all connected and she really emphasized several times that night, we need to tell our children that we're all one, that we're all the same, that we all might function differently, but that we're all the same. And so I thought to myself, oh, that's a children's book because kids learn through stories. Um, so you know, I kind of put that in the back of my mind, but I didn't know what to do with it. And so it is kind of amazing um, the way it came together. And we've had some good chats even since then, her and I, um, I don't know what'll end up happening. It sounds like there's a couple things that may come out of it, but um, the book being out into the world is kind of amazing to me because it was a childhood dream of mine to be an author. And so to have that happen and have it happen with that book. So really so easily, it was shocking to me, but also 
felt like the most natural thing ever. Okay. So let's go back there. Let's go back to your childhood because you said that being an author was a childhood dream. So can you walk us through like when, when you knew that this was, you know, inside of you and and what that journey was? So I remember as early as like age eight in second grade, I would write stories for fun just all the time. I would just write stories and stories. I was just writing them for fun, um, giving them to my teachers. By fifth grade, um, I was chosen to be um, part of like a young authors conference for my school. I was picked out of the whole school to do it um, for fifth and for sixth grade. So I got to go to this conference that was held and I got to read my stories and meet real authors. And it was very inspiring. Um, and I wish I could say I kept writing, but around that time, and I think it's, this happens where we allow in a lot of things, um, that the world kind of shifts in us. And for me, that's what happened. I went through some trauma around that age and really just shut down my voice. Um, I started to allow in what I thought I needed to be rather than who I really was. And, um, that stuck with me for unfortunately way longer than I wish it would have. Um, I still found ways to kind of be creative, but to use someone else's voice. So I would, you know, I would sing or I was in a lot of like musicals and plays, but there's always a script, you know, and I was doing what was like scripted and asked of me. And I had a lot of fun. It's just, it wasn't being true to my heart in terms of where it really, um, where I had something to say that wasn't just written for me. So, um, probably from outside standards, it looked like I was doing okay, but I wasn't, you know, I think that internally there's a lot that the world, we can still check the boxes and it's still not working for us on the inside. I don't know if you, you're nodding your head. Yeah. I, I mean, I think a lot of people can relate to that. You get to a certain place where you're just like, but isn't there more, like, what is it that's missing here? And I, I started to, um, kind of go down that road. I think that as I was in my twenties and really getting rid of a lot of kind of toxic beliefs I had around like some very religious upbringing, um, that did not work well for me, <laughs> some aspects, um, that was where I, I sort of started to say, oh, well, I get to keep the things I want to keep. I get to get rid of the things I don't want to have um, and started to to do that. And it took some time, but and I still, you know, was going through um, with the things that made sense. You know, I went to grad school and started a career and a family. And um, it wasn't until like once I had kids, I couldn't really ignore my you know, there's something about having kids that they're just all there, right? Like, um, I would have like, I, I had become really good at kind of like dissociating and kind of like not noticing my own body or what would stress me out. And so having, being a mom though, I found that was a lot harder to <laughs> ignore those signs and symptoms. I started to have physical symptoms too, that, um, so I, 
that was probably one of the biggest things I started to notice and pay attention to my body and what what's happening like when my body says no or and so I started to put all that together and there was a lot of healing that happened like in my 30s um to kind of bring back in really my own inner child and that's what I've been working on the last couple of years um my podcast is the five minute inner child, because I really started this practice of connecting with myself for five minutes a day, apart from goals or outcomes. And from there, um, it really helped me connect with my own sense of like intuition and play. And, um, yeah, I, I, from there it, it, my healing got a lot faster, I think. Um, And so that's been the last couple of years I've been doing that. I did a podcasting course, which I think connected us in several circles. Um, And so since then, I've been really focusing on how critical that is to me connecting with myself. And from there, I was able to start. I did like there's been some creative practices I've done to get my ideas flowing again, to use my voice and to actually get to the writing (laughs) Um, because that didn't just come it was purposeful. I like, it's not like I never tried to write again. In fact, in high school, I took a creative writing class and I couldn't, it was just like this writer's block that would not go away. So, um, Julia Cameron's morning pages, I will say played a part in just getting that just flow, just not filtering, which I'd become so good at filtering for everyone else, my opinions or my voice. Um, so I would say that definitely helped, but it was a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I just love how you bring up that, you know, you, you lost your voice and you still, like, I feel like you said from the outside, people can look in and you can still experience that joy of singing and the plays and the other things. But when you're not being true to yourself and who you are, and you were almost like muted or didn't have that voice then, then there is that longing or that something that's missing. And then, you know, your body is like nudging you, like nudging you first. It might start off like little nudges and little nudges, but then it becomes, I think at one, at some point, um, more than just little tiny nudges that you either like continue not to deal with and maybe like mask or numb in different ways, or you actually like sit across the table from from that and be like, okay, I'm ready. What is it? And you know, it's time. So I feel like that is so true to so many of us listening where it's like, okay, there is so much joy. There is so much fun. There is playful. I have like this, 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 and this, but when we're not being like authentic and true to ourselves and speaking our truth, then, then there's something missing. The more we become who we are, um, then the less, I think, and I don't, I don't know if the word's uncomfortable because sometimes it becomes uncomfortable to actually be who you are because you've been being this version of you that you weren't for so long, but that it, um, in your body, it just is like ease and flow. So did you actually feel physically in your body when you started to share your voice again? did it start to feel different or was that like a really scary process? Cause you had it shut off for so long. 
Well, and I did have a lot of physical symptoms. In fact, when I first started, my healing started physically, which is like the Ruby, the rubber band sort of mirrors. It's like a personal narrative for a child. Like I, I made it a child version, but it talks about like this body connection to our stress. And we do, we carry our stress in our bodies and, um, for me. So because I was so disconnected, it did come out physically more so because I could tell myself, Oh, I'm, I'm doing great. And I had lots of evidence to, (laughs) to prove it to myself, even though on the inside, yeah, that kind of that inauthenticity, um, there, there were several points in time, like this was probably five or six years ago that I ended up in the ER just for a racing heartbeat. I had no idea why. Um, it didn't feel like it was a, like whether it was a panic attack, I didn't even know what I was like. I was so dysregulated. I didn't even know what I was anxious about because that's how, um, disconnected I was. I I didn't even really know. And so getting back in touch, it definitely came out with more ease. Now I will say it did not come with, without like a concern of like, Oh my God, like, what are people going to think? I'm actually speaking. I'm actually using my voice. I'm actually saying what I think I'm actually using that. There was a point in time that, that I, I felt that. And I sometimes still do. I, but I think that the payoff for me has been so huge that there's no way I can go back. Like I, I can't go back to that person because I am so, um, the lightness and the ease of, of being me. Now that does mean that I need more boundaries, which is also where the, the Ruby story heads, because it doesn't mean that everyone is going to love that. Um, there's a lot of reasons that were good reasons why I decided to, kind of shut that side down because it was a protective feature for me. Um, but that comes with, I think that is the the side of being authentic need, means that you're going to need some, some boundaries of people who are going to, um, not just accept, but really, I don't know, honor that, that side of you and really get excited about that because there's a lot to be excited about for each one of us. We're all so different, but that's what, that's what, makes life really great. You know, like it would be really boring if we were all the same. Yes, absolutely. That diversity and that acceptance and honoring of other people's, um, way. I remember a long time ago, I can't remember who it was that said this to me. And I think it was like talking about like relationships. Um, and somebody said, how hard, like say, if you want someone else to change who they are, there's someone else and there's something else, there's something about them that you just want them to change or be different. So this person's been this way their whole life, or they've developed into this way and you want them to change. And then they're like, we'll flip it. If somebody wanted you to change something about yourself, Like how hard would that be? And would it be even, um, honoring who you were to change that part about you as we evolve and grow, right? I feel like we all want to evolve and grow and become better versions of ourselves, but sometimes the things that aren't, don't suit other people, they're, they're not meant to. So when you can come to that, um, acceptance of, you know, I'm not for everybody and everybody's also not for me. I prefer, you know, I'm drawn to different things then it might help 
you know, let go of some of that, that um, codependency that we have, because I mean, I still struggle with it. I'm working on it. Um, but it can be really hard to kind of shed some of these layers that we've put on. Absolutely. And I will not say I am like there all the time either. It's definitely been a process. I do think putting your work into this world, even doing podcasting itself, you're using your voice and you're interviewing the people that you want to be connected with, which I have to say the best thing about podcasting by far is getting to meet new friends along the way. So I just have to say that that's been my favorite part. We'll have to do a podcast swap at some point. Um, have you on, but I do agree that, um, it it's realizing that you're not going to be for everyone. And then that's like, okay. Like you, you're not, it wouldn't make sense for you to be for everyone. And I wish, I, I hope I honestly am writing these stories for the little girl. I was, I wish I had had this story. I wish because, you know, back in the eighties and nineties, like as long as you were reading and writing and doing that, like it just was, I kind of flew under the radar with my anxiety and codependent tendencies and all the things that were going on. So I think that now the fact that these are conversations and that I can start to add to a collection because my plan is to do a series Ruby series, because I have a lot to say that I haven't been saying. Um, and so does it mean that this is going to be for everyone? No. I, and I, I have come to understand that. In fact, the people that that's not for, like, I would rather not, you know, those are actually, that tells me a lot. So that's okay. It's just, those are, so I think it's just gathering information, letting it just be information, letting it just be data. Those aren't my people and that's okay. Yes. Okay. So you say like, you have a lot to say, this is going to be a series. These are the things that you needed to hear as a little girl. So what are some of the other things that you would tell your, your younger self? What are some of the things that she just needed to hear back then that might be included in, in this series? So what I want to do next, well, I have a couple ideas. I think the next one I'm working on is kind of a choose your own adventure, um, book with, because I used to, and sometimes still do struggle with decision-making of, you know, sometimes there's no bad decision. It's just all here for us. You know, it's like, what do you want to do? And so I think that's going to be, um, Ruby's going to have some kind of problem. I don't know what it is yet, but she's going to probably get a chance to solve it four different ways with really learning the same thing four different ways, because a lot of times there's no wrong choice. It's just, which way do you want to go? And you're probably going to learn something similar regardless, because that's the thing you need to learn. Um, that's been my experience at least. So I do want to, I, I wish there was a way that was something that I also wish I knew at a younger age that there's really, there's a lot of, sure, there's choices that could be better than others, but there's a lot in this air, in this gray area of like, it's all okay. And so I, I like the idea of choose your own adventure because those were fun books for me to read anyway. It's just that bringing in some of those social emotional themes, like I'm just, once I realized I can do this, I was like, I can write about, you know, all kinds of things. So I think that's the next one though. Oh, I love that. Yes. Isn't that just so freeing to know that you can choose your own adventure. There's so many different ways that you can get there. Um, 
to get to the end, or it might be a surprising end, or you might have to turn around and then take another route. Like, yeah, that I love that idea. I, I mean, that really excites me. What's been really fun too, um, is to involve my kids because even though, um, you know, I am, you know, I, I'm a mom. So that means we have good days, we have hard days, but my kids being involved and getting to see their own, um, take on this has been really fun. Um, for one thing, I have twins. One of the twins has written 15 books since, and I'm not like (laughs) exaggerating. It's been like a book a day, all of October, November. Well, anyway, he would take them in, read them to his class. It like did something to him that kickstarted something. And he's actually, we're working on getting one of his books. He's asked for it to be published. So we're working on that because he has just taken off with this. Um, But then also they've just come up with their own characters that they're like, oh, you could incorporate Penny the paperclip or, you know, all these other office supplies. So they've really become my, you know, they just get out an easel and their creativity starts flowing. And I'm just like, guys, you guys are, you guys are great. My other son, who's like 11, he told me that there could be Tori, the trash can that just learns that he's filling himself with negative thoughts. I'm like, you guys are so smart. Where are you coming up with this stuff? Um, and then my daughter, who's the other twin of my son, who's been writing the books, um, we were painting pottery just like as a family activity with family in over, um, Christmas break. And so we went to paint some pottery at this local place. And I really, (laughs) this is such a funny example because it's so simple, but like I was going to paint a coffee mug because it seemed like really practical, but like there's this cute little penguin and, um, I kept telling my girls, I'm like, somebody should paint. Isn't that a cute penguin? Somebody should paint that penguin. My daughter, she goes, mommy, why don't you just be true to your heart and paint that penguin? Cause so one of the characters in Ruby, the rubber band is miss true to your heart. But like the fact that she's then schooling me on times that are just silly little times of painting pottery, but it's those little times. And I was like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. Why don't I just paint the penguin? But having that be like, not having to be so adult all the time. I mean, of course we all have responsibilities. We all have to do the things and do the adulting, but you can paint the penguin and not the coffee mug. Like that's just a silly example, but it was funny that she understood it better than I did. You know? Yes. Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, and I just, I'm, yeah, I w- I've just been really proud of my kids and just how much they've, I- I'm excited to see them. And then that just makes me excited because the next generation of kids that can have access to this idea of of being true to yourselves um, and having boundaries and what that looks like in childhood and not having to wait till you're in their thirties to figure this stuff out. Like I did. Yes. Oh my gosh. And they can write their own stories and create their own characters that are going to t- give them the lessons that they need in real time right now that they can like have as a tool and a guide. Like I just, I'm like thinking, oh my gosh, I need to go to my class. I'm reading this story. Um, when we go back on Monday, I have it, um, on my friend table. I'm so excited. Um, Ruby, the rubber band, but then I'm thinking, as you say that, like what an amazing activity where they could create their own 
story from whatever supply that they need to give themselves that little pep talk, that little lesson that they know that they need for themselves to remind themselves right now. So, oh, how beautiful that your daughter pointed that out to you. Cause something so simple as that, where, you know, getting so practical, it's like you, you wanted to paint the penguin, paint the damn penguin, but I know. <laughs> so, it's, but, and those little, like, I feel like we do make those little, um, sacrifices that we don't need to make. Those are things there. There are plenty of times that we need to show up in ways that are hard and and do things that are hard, but there's plenty of times that we can do things that are just staying true to ourselves. And, and there's something that happens because you know what? I had a ton of joy painting that little penguin and now, you know, my kids play with it and whatever, but it's fun to see. And it was really fun. And, and I think that we just get so serious that like, we have to do the practical thing. I have to paint the coffee mug because I'm going to actually use that thing. But it turns out that you can paint the penguin. So, um, yeah. yeah. And I do think it does open up a whole thing because kids are uh, my kids. And I think all kids have that intuition. They're a little bit more tied in. They're more connected to their bodies. They're more, they know they haven't gotten disconnected yet at that place. And, um, you know, I, I hope, I, I mean, I think all of our journeys is to, we have an ego for survival, but, um, keeping that in check, I hope it can help my kids a little bit better than I did, um, with, with staying connected to themselves. And yeah, I think that writing stories is so powerful because stories connect to people and people we're all just people, you know? So I think that letting them have that creativity and I think that's an awesome idea for your class. I'm so excited to, to hear how that goes. And you will be excited because this, um, I don't know if you saw, but in the final draft, there are discussion questions. So you can use, um, with your class. I know you already had a fantastic discussion, but there yes. are some, Oh no, absolutely. The questions are amazing. And I had them with my son the other night when we read, we actually compared, well, we've read it a couple of times already but we read it and then we talked about how it was different from the draft. And then I read a page and he read a page of the other one. And we talked about like what you kept the same and what changed and, and all of it. So no, I think that bringing these stories, cause I believe stories, like we all have a story. We all can relate to our story. We can see ourselves in a story. We can have, um, some compassion for others, seeing how they might, um, be experiencing like stories are so powerful. And when we think about like anything that we've learned, the things that we hold on to are connected to a story that we draw on. So I think like how important that these stories are getting out into the world that, you know, in fun, playful ways, we can remind each other, have that aha. Um, kids can have a way to talk to other people about, you know, their emotions and stuff. And like your, your little one saying like, why aren't you just being true to yourself? Like having like that language or, or just, you know, she obviously internalized it and brought it with her and thought about it. So, um, yeah, I think that's such a beautiful thing that, you know, through your stories, kids are going to be able to be able to help themselves and then spread it around to others too. Yeah. That language, it's definitely a phrase that I didn't have growing up, but staying true to yourself, that that, that phrase has come up multiple times, um, just in conversation when I feel like one of the kids is leaning towards, do they want to go to this, you know, just little things like going to a birthday party or going to a 
play date with a friend or do they want to do that? And, and my daughter, she has been really good. She's actually the one who's, who's brought up, but why don't you stay true to your heart? Like she has, she has internalized that. And I hope it, it does stay with her. Um, there's something about it that we can just all resonate with. And, and there's just something about it. I, I just wish I (laughs) had the phrase earlier in life, but, um, and I don't exactly know how I, um, came up with it, except that I was, I have some friends who kind of are my creative accountability friends. Um, they kind of held my hands through this process because there's a lot of, it's not like this was without difficulty. Now the, the Lake Superior book was much easier, but, um, we kind of formed an accountability, creative accountability group back last year. And as we were like, um, cause we've opened it up to community members here, um, where we live. And the idea is we just all can kind of get together, have community time, bring your project and it can just be like a think tank or whatever. And, um, we were all like trying to think of our why of why this is important. And as I was writing down like my why of why I wanted to stay creative and with a group, I think community is just so vital. Um, that was actually how Ruby the Rubber Band. I compared myself. I, that's where the story just came kind of a, a free flow is I wrote it out. I was like, I compared myself to rubber band that I would just be stretched in any direction. I don't want to really stay true to staying creative in community. And I think those aspects, even with the podcasting group um, that I was with a couple of years ago, and I think that there's a lot of people on that same track and in, in the circles we have, but um, that's so vital, don't you think, to life and to keeping keeping with that that difficulty when it doesn't always feel as easy when you're get coming up against that resistance. Yes, because that will always come, right? So it's persevering through when you know, yeah, your why, why, why it's so important to you. So uh, it's just like all incredible. So then you went to the event and saw talk to speak. And then this other book like flows right out of you. Um, so is that something that is related to your childhood? Um, this oneness, or is it something that's just, um, was something, this new inspiration that you'd never even thought about before? I would say definitely, um, it's something that I was raised in a very, um, conservative, type of belief system where there's only kind of one way to look at things. And so I would definitely say that I wouldn't say superiority was like overtly professed, but in some ways it was because this was supposed to be the only way. So in some ways that is like a sense of superiority. And I think I had that in a way, I I think I questioned it definitely thinking, well, I have all kinds of friends that seem great that <laughs> that are not just like me. Um, and so I definitely like questioned it in the back of my mind and definitely started to deconstruct a lot of that in my twenties. Um, and I think that as I was raising kids, especially, I realized I don't want to pass that down, that, that sense that, that, um, there's one way of being better than the rest in terms of like just going about life and experiencing God or the universe or flow, whatever 
words. And I think that's where it gets really tricky because it really just comes down to like language. A lot of times, like we're just all speaking different languages, it feels like. And that's kind of where I, my heart for that has been in that place for a long time and trying to explain that to my kids when I come from a very different tradition of one way of doing things, that's been tricky and I don't have it figured out, (laughs) but, um, but definitely I, I, I loved when she put that into words and I was like, oh, so like there could be a way to explain that differently that I haven't come across. So I think that it also helped me. It did solve a problem just for me because I wanted something like that to be able to show to my kids. So um, it's been really, that's been also an interesting conversation. The funny thing is kids are just sponges. They, they read that book. They're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Of course it's all one. (laughs) They're just like, of course Um, they don't, you know, and they're at an age they they, they ask plenty of questions and they're very curious, but to them, it just, that's like, oh, okay. Got it. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I do have to say, I was so excited because yesterday or two days ago, I had, um, reached out to a local store and they're going to start carrying my lake book, um, in their store. And so I'm so excited that that's going to actually be, um, in, in a, in a store. I mean, it's online, but just, it feels that much more real to have it be in a retail space. And also to have that be a conversation that you can get started with your kids. And, and I think that there's now is a better, there's never been a better time to talk about how we're all connected, how we all need each other. The book without going into a ton of detail, it, it does, it goes through how water, looks different. It's not that we're going to say that everybody looks the same. It all does look really different. Ice and snow and water in all of its forms and clouds. Like it it is different, but it all works together. And we all need, we need all of it. We need the whole thing. And, um, I have ideas for that. I hope it'll be translated into other languages. I hope that, um, I think that anytime you can do something that's really universal like that, it just, all of a sudden can be like a click, like, oh, <laughs> well, that I've never thought about it that way. And I I can't take credit for it. It was a vision I had during this. It was just a download I got during this breathwork. I think um, Alicia, if you ever need creative accountability for breathwork, she's my girl for that. But um, yeah, I would say between all of these people that have been in my life that have just been... Um, holding my hand through this process to keep me accountable to creativity and community. It's just so vital. And it's been vital to my own healing journey and mental health. So. Oh, I love that. I love that. And so you were connected to the school. I was thinking like, I don't know if it was yesterday or today. I can't remember the day's blend, but I was thinking myself, I'm like, oh my gosh, this book, like every year, I don't know how it is in the States, but in Canada, the grade ones get gifted with like a book from the TD bank. They buy a book, they gift, like you get a whole class set of the book that is gifted to the class. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, everybody, this seems to be the next book that the TD does that gives every book to every single kid to to, to experience this story. And then I'm thinking, Every single school needs to have this. You need to contact every single school and every single library and the scholastic and like all of it, because it, this is like a book that is going to be, you know, life changing for so many children. And, and I think for adults too, even reading to their children and having that experience. And I think it will, will help bring up some things maybe that 
they've kind of swept away or haven't thought about or that that have been dormant because through stories, we can all connect to it. So even as adults, reading these books with and to our children will be so beneficial too. I totally agree. And um, I think that parents play a huge role. You know, teachers are, teachers are important. Parents are important, but we're all, you know, we're all just tired. I, and, and I mean, I, I know, I mean, I have four kids of my own, we're tired, but I think that like when we can show up with a fuller cup, we have more to offer other people. The Lake Book does not have discussion questions. I have been asked to, I did it so fast that I didn't even, didn't even think about it. <laughs> it didn't even, didn't even occur to me. I was just, I was writing it so fast and illustrating. I did the writing and illustrating within two weeks. And so I didn't even think about that. And so since then, talk to you and I have, she's like, where are the discussion questions? I'm like, it's a great question. <laughs> um, so I need to probably do some kind of on, like offer that as a PDF um, because that's been asked for. And I think there is the Ruby discussion questions are in the book. I think that both books can prompt such good discussion because we get into autopilot as adults where we're just like whatever it is that we've been given, we kind of just go along our ways until it doesn't it just doesn't work anymore. Um um, and we are participating in some self-sabotage sometimes. I, even some of the feedback I've gotten from, I sent out my Ruby book to reviewers the last couple of weeks. And so you were someone, um, who got a copy and then some other people who have posted their reviews too, have just been like, this is, I needed this book. Um, I needed to read this book. And so I've had, um, one of my friends who, is going to ask, she's like on, I think she might be the president of the PTO that she goes to, her daughter goes to school. So she's asked me to do a reading, but she's all about it. She's, so I do hope, I mean, I, I have big hopes for this because I do think it starts like change. When you really think about change, it starts with each person being different, you know, being themselves and being, having boundaries and also honoring the other part of that is honoring the interconnectedness. So I think between the two books, like there's a lot we can all learn from myself. Like it, it keeps me accountable too, because if we all do that, I mean, imagine how different our world would be if we all really did that. Like it's a daily practice really. Yes. Okay. So then what is it that you do to fill your cup and to keep you grounded and, and full and true to your, true to yourself, what are some of the things that you practice? So I think each day it's, it's looks different for me because I do try to, I think I'm different every day, depending on how much sleep I've gotten. Obviously there's some things that I have to just keep at, but my five minute inner child practice has been really important for me to be like, what can I do for even just five minutes? So sometimes it's doing breathing and meditating. If I have more time, sometimes it's just doing a short sound bath, um, going on a winter walk, which has, um, been really helpful for me. I know it sounds crazy to some people, but it's been very life-giving to me. Um, sketching, you know, so just doing the things that even if it's only for five minutes, it's amazing how that actually is harder. What do I need for five minutes? It's if you're not in the habit of doing it, it's actually kind of, it's, it's, 
it's a challenge. It can be a challenge. Those are the ways that I try to stay connected. I love that. And I love how you bring up that it can be, I feel like sometimes we get in this, in this spot in our minds that it's like all or nothing or an hour or every single day. Like we get this, um, in our own way where it's like, you know, it could be like a five minute walk or a 10 minute walk or a 15 minute walk. It doesn't have to be the hour walk or the hour yoga or the hour meditation, or it could be like a five minute quiet coffee or a five minute journal or, you know, five minutes doesn't seem like a lot, but five minutes is a lot when you're intentional and you take it and you're doing the things that bring you joy or ground you or light you up like five minutes. I have these meditation speakers, the now by Solu. Um, um, and I bring them to class. And when I taught grade one, just at the beginning of the school year, every day after gym, we would do the three minute meditation. And then the kids would start, like if, if we were running a few minutes late, they'd be like, oh my God, where's the meditation? Where? And now I've moved into this other position where I'm in grade five and six. And so we do like our three minute meditation that like kills some of the kids in the beginning to like put your hands in the three positions here, here, or here. We're not touching anything. We're not playing with things. We're actually sitting still for that three minutes. And that three minutes can feel like an hour and it's three whole minutes. So five minutes of like actually being intentional and doing a task that feels really good can be all you need, um, every day to fill that, that cup. Like it doesn't have to be, I don't know. I sometimes think when we think about like filling our cup or self-care that, that it's got to be like hours and hours and hours and hours. And it's like, well, well, it, it could be if it worked, but I mean, five minutes could be all that you need too. It's totally true because it, a, then it's, it kind of interrupts whatever was happening. And I think it's just good to interrupt and to get present. And it's kind of just a reboot, whether it's just, yeah, I love journaling too. Um, and I've got a stack of books that I read and I try to do that. Um, but I, you know, there's nothing wrong with taking a vacation. I mean, that's where we met in LA, right? Like there's nothing wrong with the massages or the whatever. Like it's not, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just that those probably are not things we can do. We're not going to travel or get a massage every day. So what are the things that we love? And a lot of times it's just things that we loved as a kid that we can go back to that really did light us up. And so that's why I think that just taking that time, um, is so vital. And I do try to, my kids are the same way. Even at bedtime, we try to do like a little sound bath meditation. Um, and it, it does, it takes them a little while, like just to, to get back to being still for three minutes, the three minute thing that we do <laughs> and it can be hard, but then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, that's all it takes sometimes for your nervous system to reset. It's yeah. amazing. And why am I not doing this? You know, what, why? <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, and I found that then they, they crave it. It's like so hard to actually, you know, for meditating anyways, that three minutes, it was so hard, you know, the first, how many times, but now it's like, oh, we just all are relaxed and, and just 
just being and just enjoying it. And it's not, you know, cause we're so go, 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 go busy, 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 fill the time distraction, this, that always on that to actually shut off, like for that three minutes that it can seem like an hour of time that's passed. So yeah, I love, uh, I wanted to ask you, what was it that brought you to LA for that event back in October? What was the deciding factor? Well, I think that I, I knew I was working on my books. And when I saw it advertised, I think in September ish, um, my birthday was in October and I was like, you know, that would just be really fun. Also, I knew that doing this book, I didn't know when it would come out necessarily. I was like, you know, I know this is going to bring up some stuff for me because this is like 30, almost 30 years since I've written my book at age 12. Um, and I think that I just knew I was going to come up against, um, resistance and I did. And in some ways, I think there was a reason now looking back to why I released the other one first is because I did have some personal growth to do around just being able to tell my own story. Because as I, um, was preparing for interviews and I've done some, you know, your own story comes up and I realized, oh, I'm going to have to actually tell my own story. I'm always really good at interviewing people. I can um, write books about this, but then to talk about my own journey, I realized it was, it was a lot easier for me to put out the Lake book first, because that was a kind of a gift that I was given. And then I gave it to tactics and, and whatever. It was kind of a different thing. Um, whereas with this, it's, got a lot of my own heartstrings. And so I had actually, since then, when I went to LA, it it was still an incredible, incredible weekend. I realized I had a lot of personal growth to do. I ended up hiring a coach (laughs) and she has helped me through the personal growth that takes, I think, to um, put your work out into the world in a way that feels vulnerable. Um, But I also realized that so much of it is universal and then there it's just helpful when other people can go first. And so, um, but that was how I ended up. It was kind of a birthday gift to myself, but to go to LA. So. Oh, I love that. I love that. And I feel like, yeah, the serendipity, like you say, like us, like me and Talia, were standing there just vibing, talking, talk to everybody. Yep. And then we're like, okay, it's time to go. I guess it's time to go. And then we like turned and then you were there. It was like, Hey, I met you like the the final Shirah before we left. And it was like, Oh my gosh, we just like both loved you and connected right away. Like I know the, in your career, you are, is that I'm a school psychologist. Yes. Psychologist. I'm like, I get the psychologist, psychologist. Yes. So And as a teacher, I'm like, oh my gosh, and heard your story and about Ruby. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is all incredible. So, so glad that your birthday was coming up and you gifted yourself that to, to be in that space. It was, I will, I, that meeting at the end, I mean, I had some great experiences throughout the weekend, but yes, it was, it was definitely serendipity that you meet at the very, very end. I think we got some pictures together, but we were all on such a high of the weekend, the, the event. And, um, yeah, I definitely part of it, my own personal professional, like, I I think that there's a lot of obstacles. I think working in public education, I think everyone knows that there's a lot of hard things that we're being asked to help with. And so 
I think that stories though, and I, I love this even, I've had this thought even for teachers that teachers can also utilize this type of model to tell their own, because they know what their class needs to learn. And sometimes it is a little bit outside of what the prescribed curriculum is. So I hope that um, that's also another avenue that I hope eventually to be able to give teachers some tools to um, to learn how to tell their, their own stories that they think their class needs to start to incorporate into their classrooms and then teach their, teach the, teach the classroom too. So I think there's a lot of different ways that this can go. That is very powerful. We'll, while still working within the system. Cause you know, we're, we're within this system. This is what we have. Um, but I think that stories are really powerful. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So where can everybody grab their copy of the books, follow you, follow along to see what's coming next, connect with you? Where can everybody get a hold of you? So both the books, Ruby the Rubber Band and um, Lake Superior, um, Lake Superior um, book, they are both on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. I also, you can also get them from my website, johnawatson.com. Um, and you can find me on Instagram. That's where I, my social media is most active at Jonna underscore Watson, um, on Instagram. I love it. Jonna, Jonna, that my aunt's name is Donna. And you know what? I was going to ask in the beginning, but talk to when I was talking to her about you before she called you Joe. So I just thought, Oh, oh. Jonah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, go find Jonna and, uh, grab a copy of the book and then let her know how it's impacted your life or the little people that, that are in your circle, because it definitely like the review that I kind of wrote about it. It just like touches my heart because my son is a peacekeeper. My son forgoes, um, himself to keep the peace and please others. And just today he said to me, I asked him if he wanted to go to spring break camp with his BFF that he often actually forgoes himself because he just wants to be liked and do everything that his friend does. And he, his birthday a few weeks ago was like, Oh, I'll get that cake because he likes this, but it's a win-win mm -hmm. because he likes that. And I like the cake too. And and so he's this peacekeeper. And I asked him, would you like to go to this camp? And he will be there because he's also very shy and wouldn't want to do that, but wants to spend all his, his time with him. And today he said to me, you know what, mom, I'm, I'm going to say no to the camp. I, I don't want to go. So um, will you let his mom know? So he won't be expecting me to be there. And I don't want him to be upset or think that I'm going to go. I just, I don't want to go. And I was just like, I am so proud of you. I'm so proud of you that you actually decided to do what felt good to you. And you didn't feel pressured to, cause I totally thought he'd be like, yes, I want to go. He's going to be there. Cause he wants to spend every minute with them. Cause they're, they're good friends. And he actually, you know, we've been reading this book and talking about, um, being true to yourself. So I just think, I just see the impact that it has on, you know, the, the kids who surround me and my own son. And I just, I'm like all for it. Like spread that buy buy one for yourself, buy one for gifts, get a stack. Every birthday you go to gift the book, 
um, donate it to your school, buy one and give it to your school. So I am just like such a fan. I just love what you're doing. I see the impact that it has. So everybody that is listening, go grab your copies, spread them around the world. And uh, I just thank you so much for being here. I just love you and love everything you're doing. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just so thankful that we met. Thank you so much. I love you too. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of All Things Relatable. If you know someone that would relate to this episode and get value from it, please pass it along. Also, if this episode resonated with you, I would love for you to rate, review, and subscribe.